Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. Okay, Jessica, at long last, we are ready, ready to greet 2024 <laughs> with some more guessing. How are you feeling? Yay, I'm so excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited to get this going again. <laughs> I'm so excited to get this up and running for 2024. Mm. Here's some guessing. And do you have any, I, do, I was going to ask you if you had any resolutions, but I mean, I have resolutions oh, for let's 2024. Hear it. My biggest resolution for 2024 is I'm going to try and decrease my paperwork for the podcast adjudication board. Wait. There is paperwork. There's a little bit of paperwork. I mean, there's a lot of paperwork, but I I have decided I'm just I'm just not going to do it. Come oh. at me, bro. Oh, <laughs> they, they wow. I'm going to be like those detectives who just mm. like, what do you want me to do? Solve cases or push paperwork? I'm a detective. Yeah, yeah. You need to break the rules. That's right. That's right. I need yes. to, I need to break the rules and just get to the guessing. So podcast adjudication board, no, no more paperwork for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So do you have any resolutions? I'm thinking about starting a new Mega Shark podcast. Oh, okay. Tell me more. Yeah. Like Mega Mothra, Mega Gorilla, um, King Kong. King Kong. Right. Just kind of like uh, matching Godzilla. up. Godzilla. That's what I'm saying. Are you going to form, yeah. form like a team together? Yes. Together? Like a mega team, like a Justice League. Oh, okay. Justice like League podcast. A yes. Avengers. What's the name? Like, so like the Avengers are like, what's it going to be called? Justice League well, of America. I think you're going to have to help me with this. Okay. Right. It's going to be. How did this? How did this serial? How did the scam? How did the scam get serialized in beautiful downtown Oakland, California? One with just one percent, or ninety nine percent, or how did ninety nine percent of this scam get serialized? Yes, hosted by the office ladies. Perfect. Done. There you go. Yeah. I wish you the best of luck. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm gonna stay away from that because that already sounds like way too much paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Good job. Although I might get us. Some business cards. Oh, okay, great. That could there, be fun. That could be fun. Little business card stickers. Then we'll be an official podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before we get into our actual show, Jessica, I have to confess that I have cheated on you with another podcast. What? <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yes. The panic in her eyes was worth that. Um, live on air, I just cheated on my wife. No, I was a guest on the Retro Movie Roundtable podcast. Yay! It's it was, so exciting. It was. It was a lot of fun. So the Retro Movie Roundtable, they, um, their team, they have a bunch of different rotating hosts that they do. They look at oh. retro movies, which means the 80s, which kind of <laughs> kind of hurts my heart a little bit because that's about 40 years ago. So I'm old is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So yes, so we I was a guest host and we talked all about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And luckily they luckily they weren't interested in guessing because I was like, no, 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 I've seen this movie a lot. I, I, I know how this ends. I know, who, <laughs> I know who actually did it, which is the whole point. They take a look at a movie. They look at it from lots of different angles, cinematography, acting, music, all of it. They discuss what's good, what they like about it, how it works how it maybe stands up or doesn't stand up today. It was a lot of fun. We did we did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, so I got to indulge my comedy side and my mystery side, and it was great. So go check it out. Retro Movie Roundtable. Go give me a listen on that, and then listen to the rest of their stuff. They're a lot of fun. Yay. Well, yeah. Sounds good. Excellent. So now, well, what are we going to do this week? Well, today, oh my gosh, in 2023, in December, they released Monk. A monk movie. Whoa, whoa, a new okay. monk. 
It's 97 minutes of monkness. <laughs> they actually, Tony Shalhoub actually had to go to Hector, the guy who plays the doctor. What's his right. name? What's his name? What's his name? Hector Elizondo, who plays Dr. Nevin Bell, uh-huh. and get him out of retirement <laughs> we're, from we're, acting. We're getting the band back together. Yeah, and say that, basically. Which, ironically, he was in the musical The Band right before the pandemic. <laughs> yes. But yes, he was getting the band back together. And he said, Hector, please come back and reprise your role. Only uh, you can do this. Yes. You can do yeah. one last job. And, yes. then I, and then you're out. So, it's, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see this. 97 minutes. Oh, also, I mean, there are some changes. Some things have happened. Sure. Well, it's been 2009 was when it ended. So, yeah, I would, yeah. I would imagine. What are the changes? Yeah. Some so changes. we last did a Monk episode. We did season seven, episode three. Mm-hmm. Mr. Monk gets lotto fever. Right. Okay. That was the episode we covered. And at that time, the episode was called a crime something drama. Right. But not a comedy. And I was like, this is, we discussed this. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a comedy. And I was like, maybe there's some dramatic moments. It's kind of a calm drama. We made up a name. And we were talking about, like, how this is the difficulty in the business, whatever. Anyway, IMDb changed their tune. Oh, they're listening to us. We can affect change. (laughs) Yes, it is now. This episode is called, well, this hour-long movie is called a comedy crime mystery. See, maybe that maybe that paperwork for the podcast adjudication board does maybe pay off. Maybe it does. Or at least the paperwork I filed at IMDb. I don't know. I didn't oh. file any paperwork oh. at IMDb. Let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some changes. And there's some other stuff that I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. But okay. yeah, so this is so very what is, exciting. What is our uh, what is the logline well, for this? Well, okay. okay. First of all, just for anybody again who has not watched Monk. Sure. Maybe it hasn't four, it's reached It's been 14 you. years. Maybe and you haven't got And it has been a while. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The series follows Adrian Monk, a brilliant former San Francisco detective who now consults the police as a private consultant who battles with an obsessive compulsive disorder. And his wife died and that was sort of the it was his Principal origin story. Origin yeah, like story his, his wife, his of his wife obsessive died and compulsive he disorder, and she would die, She was murdered mm-hmm. in an explosion, right? I'd forget. And so he's been trying to figure that out all this time, and trying to come to terms with or right. his obsessive compulsive his OCD. But okay, so but this logline mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, so these episodes are always called like Mr. Monk gets lotto fever, like that was the last mm-hmm. one, or Mr. Monk does blah blah blah. Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk verb, verb object. Object, yeah. This episode is called Mr. Monk's Last Case, a Monk movie, which has a cadence very similar for theater nerds who know Samuel Beckett's Crap's Last Case. Tape. Crap's Last Tape. Tape. Last Tape. But it rhymes, right? It's like mm, a... Well, there's a little internal rhyme there. Rhyming, tape case, sure. Internal, yeah. Rhythm. Tape, case, some rhythm. rhythm. Yeah. yeah, the rhythm. Anyway, so that story... Just real quickly, recap Old it. man reviews his life just as he's, like, recording himself and every year. He's listening to his from recordings his from previous years and the choices that he made when he was a youth and now looking back at his life with just depression and And there was a woman in the back. Yeah, right, he, in like, the back he, story yeah. and mm-hmm. in that. It's a one act. Yep. So here we've got 97 Minutes and... This logline is depressed by COVID and the loss of his advance after he's unable to finish his memoirs. Mm-hmm. Monk 
prepares to reunite with his dead wife, Trudy. This is not sounding very comedy-like so far. <laughs> so far, you're losing me on the comedy. But it, and nonetheless, so it's very Krebs' last Yeah, take like reviewing his right life, there. unable to make his right? memoirs, can't, like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then it says, but he has to first solve the murder of his future son-in-law. So, okay, we, we know that it's going to be his future son-in-law. And it's a case involving his stepdaughter, Molly, who is a journalist and is preparing for her wedding. So we should say in the last episode, so the the engine of Monk is that like his wife died. He couldn't solve the case. He got OCD. He's solved cases. In the very last episode of Monk, they tie everything up wherein he solves the case of who murdered Trudy. But what he also finds out is that Trudy had a very different life before he met her. And in fact, as part of he she had a daughter and this daughter is Molly who also is an investigative journalist, just like her mother, Trudy. Yeah. And also in that episode, just because it'll make sense a little later on, he worked with a lieutenant and a detective. Lieutenant Randy. Disher. Disher, yeah. And that lieutenant moved across the country with Sharona Monk's first assistant. Mm -hmm. And they got married and he's a police chief in Jersey. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, Mm -hmm. uh, Adrian Monk's assistant natalie teager his second assistant who stayed with him basically through all the seasons after sharona's character ended natalie teager got married and she has a new last name which is albright apparently also a reference to the fact that she i guess in later seasons found out that she was an heiress to a toothpaste okay uh, fortune sure um so there's that Melora Hardin, the true who plays Trudy, we will mm-hmm. see her in this episode. Very exciting. As I mentioned, the doctor's back. Very exciting. Monk, please don't kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. Ted Levin playing Captain Leland is back. And then we have a bunch of guest stars. But first of all, really big deal here. Yes. Things that have happened in the meantime, like with the actors, actually, Tony Shaloub mm-hmm. and his wife, Brooke Adams, who is also in this episode, his real wife. His, yeah, Tony Schlup. Okay, sure. Well, he, she's been in a bunch of episodes. It's... It turns out she has been in five episodes of Monk, <laughs> all as different characters. The, see, you say that. You say she's been different characters. I don't think she's a different character. Oh? No, I think in, in my head canon, she is the same person. She's just undercover in different roles in the things uh. going on. So, like, she's her <laughs> own detective in this universe, and she's just desperately hoping that, like, when Monk comes back into her life, he doesn't recognize her because she's, like, she's her own private detective solving cases, and she's undercover in these cases oh. whenever she interacts with Monk. So like in the background, she's like, don't, don't recognize me. Don't recognize me. I know you know who I am. I know we've met before, but no, you don't know who I am. So that's <laughs> that's what I think is going on. In my head canon, same character, just calls herself different names every time. Okay. I wonder if that, I mean, we've got 97 minutes. It could actually happen <laughs> could that she out. ends up being the murderer. She is playing a publisher, I think, in this oh, okay. episode. Well, maybe um, the publisher who like... Tells him he doesn't get his advance. His advance, yeah, exactly. So they got COVID during the pandemic, and mm-hmm. that was fairly scary, I think, for both of them. But they got through it. He they, he finished marvelous, Mrs. Maisel. Right, he's fantastic in that. Yes, and he has done a couple of other things, but he's basically returned to this show. I think maybe to close this off, because um, it does sound like a little bit of a backdoor pilot for the daughter. 
Like, oh, you're yeah, talking about like sure. echoes. Like, I mean, his echo of like mm. his wife was murdered. Like now his daughter's fiance is murdered. Yeah. Now an investigative journalist. So like, I'm wondering if there isn't some kind of like spinoff idea happening in there somewhere. Yeah. But maybe not. But maybe. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, it could be. Trailer. Howard, who played Natalie Mm -hmm. uh, Albright, hasn't been doing really any film or TV since 2010. She hasn't done any, you know, yeah. Well, that feels like a crime. I know. She's so great. Tony Shalhoub, go investigate that. Yeah, right? (laughs) Jason Gray Stanford, who played Lieutenant uh, Randy Disher, Mm -hmm. who's back for this episode, he was diagnosed with heart failure in 2018. Apparently, he fell off his bike in a spin class, woke up to being surrounded by paramedics, and apparently, I listened to this on another podcast, he said that he worried that he would never be asked back into the spin (laughs) spin class class. because he had ruined everybody's noon spin class. I mean, come on. They were probably all just really concerned about this very handsome actor who was laying on the ground. Yeah, so he was diagnosed with heart failure in 2018, but then he got a heart transplant in November of 2020. Oh, perfect time to be in the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, super scary. So he actually became a podcaster, probably, he says, to abate his loneliness and his sickness and his scare. Well, I'm here to tell you, you become a podcaster. You certainly get to know the people at the podcast adjudication board. Well, there you go. Yes. Uh, he's also become an advocate, of course, for the American Heart Association, and he is also a big advocate for animal adoption and and the and caring for animals. He mm. has adorable pictures of him and his dog Aww. on IMDb, and I'm going to put those on Instagram because they're super cute. And then I just – okay, I also looked up Melora Hardin this time because I had been talking about her in the last episode because I had gotten into the office during the pandemic. Tell me who she plays on Monk She again? plays Trudy. Oh, okay. Melora Hardin plays Trudy. Yes, the dead, dead wife. wife. Yes. So she was actually a child actor in oh. Hollywood. She started on shows like The Love Boat, 1978, Different Strokes, Murder, She Wrote, Magnum P.I. So she has... Like your she has classic, some procedural chops. like procedural, yeah. And then also she was so she's also a dancer. Um, oh, okay. She at thirteen went to New York to study with the Joffrey Ballet. She came back and was actually studying at a studio here in Studio City, um, which is relevant because she was cast as the lead in the follow-up TV series following up the movie Dirty Dancing, where she played the Jennifer Grey role in the TV show, but she had to Nobody pushed Baby into a syndicated TV show. Oh, well, that turned out to maybe be the case because they didn't cancel it, but or they did cancel it, but she had to play a character who didn't know really how to dance when she is, in fact, a dancer. I bet it's, I bet dancers love that, though. I bet it's the same yes. thing as, like, actors who, like, get to pretend that they don't like acting. That whole kind yeah. of, like, you watch actors, like, hee, 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 hee. I bet, I bet she's just like, <laughs> I don't know how to dance. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to keep time. <laughs> uh, she does kind of joke about that a little bit. Um, not that she's joking about anybody else. She's like, I believe that people are just told they can't dance and so it makes them you know gives yeah. them a mental block i believe everybody knows how to dance i was like oh you're so sweet that's very she nice. seems like a lovely person she has become a director directing her husband in a bunch of readings called fireside readings of blankety blank classic works such as alice in wonderland or black beauty and her husband re- he's an actor as well clearly he, i hope so yeah they she he reads them out loud it's bringing back the 
idea of the oral tradition mm-hmm, of reading mm-hmm, st- mm-hmm. people reading stories to each other. Side note, sorry, if I sure. can go back really quick to the dirty dancing. <laughs> so she went to a stu- a dance studio in Studio City to study dancing, right? Mm-hmm. After probably coming back from the Joffrey Ballet. Right. And one of her teachers, I mean, she was mainly obviously studying ballet, but there was a jazz class and she took it and it was taught by Patrick Swayze. Oh. For like a year, she said maybe he would always drive up in his motorcycle and he always wore tight, tight jeans front and back. <laughs> <laughs> she mentioned that. It sounded really fun. So I'm so excited to see to have more screen time with her. I love her. She's done tons of movies, tons of TV shows. All right. Who's next? Okay. So uh, like I said, Hector Elizondo is back as Dr. Nevin Bell. Ted Levin is back as Captain Leland Stottlemyre. And then we have a bunch of guest stars. Okay. And we're going to play a little game called Guess Who's Canadian. (laughs) Okay. According to their credits. Okay. Guess Who's Canadian according to their credits. Great. Okay. First, we have the very intense in my book, Mm -hmm. at least. James. You've showed me the picture. It is quite intense. Yeah. Yeah. James Purefoy. He plays Rick Eden in this. There's a quote that came along in his About uh, page on IMDb, and it says, He has continued to surprise those who seek to pigeonhole him in his film career, always choosing to play parts that juxtapose strongly with the ones he has just completed. So So it sounds like his agent hates him. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. do the same thing. We could make you scads of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and seriously, he has all over the map, this guy, and he is not recognizable. Okay. Um, well, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Apply that craft. Apply that craft. So, Discovery of Witches, he plays the primogenitor vampire, Philippe de Clermont. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in Pennyworth. He's in Malpractice. He's also in Mansfield Park. He plays like this sort of drunken guy in that period drum. That's Mansfield Park. That's a Jane Austen, right? No. 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 Who's that by? I don't know, but it's like set in the twenties. No, that's maybe I'm thinking of Gosford Park. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna, Gosford gonna... Park. Yeah. is twenties. I think Mansfield Park is Jane Austen. Perhaps. Then a Knight's Tale. He was in that. He was in Sex Education. He played the ex-husband and uh, oh, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who the Remy Milburn, who is Otis's dad. Yeah, Otis's, Otis's dad. dad. Otis is the character name, and then Gillian Anderson. I forget her character name, yeah. but her ex-husband. Yeah, Mrs. Milburn, who's yes, yeah. He was also in Altered Carbon, Hollow Crown. So, what do you think, Jacob? Oh, he's Canadian. English. No, not Canadian. You are right. He is English. He went to Central School of Acting and he got invited to the RSC and did a lot there. Okay. Next, we have the character Molly Evans is played by Caitlin McGee. She is currently in a show called Home Economics with Topher Grace. Has 42 episodes. She was also on Mythic Quest, nine episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Totally Canadian because that's Legend of the Seeker. Yeah, totally. No, what? Legend what? of the Seeker. Legend of the Seeker was Canadian. No, it was not. Yes, it was. No. What? Well, it's she... like New Zealand or Australia. No, we thought it was New Zealand or Australia, but it's actually Legend of the Seeker is actually Canada. But wait a minute. No, Mythic she... Quest this is it... about the company yes. that okay, right. so, runs okay, great. So not, so some game. American then. Mythic yes. Quest, yeah. yeah. She's also on Bluff City Law. She's been on Blue Bloods, Halt and Catch Fire, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yeah. Totally and... American, not Canadian. Okay, yeah. She's probably American. She's an actress and model. Okay, then we've got Austin Scott. He plays Griffin Briggs. 
Austin originated originated the role of Joe Scott in the Tony Award-winning musical Girl from the North Country. Prior to that, he made his Broadway debut as Hamilton on Broadway and in the national tour for over two years. On screen, he recently co-starred in the Netflix feature A Jazz Man's Blues. He definitely uh, not, definitely not Canadian. Canadians don't have any musical theater. Uh, <laughs> nope, there's no musical theater actors up there. So he's That's American. Strong statement, <laughs> but yeah, I think he's American. He also guest starred on Pose and Sistas, and oh, nice. He's on a FX limited show, The Sterling Affairs, and now he's on this. So yeah, excited to see him. Then we've got Emma Ishta, who plays Skylar. She was on Blue Bloods, The Good Cop, Power, Chicago Med, notably starred in a 2015-2017 show called Stitchers that is written by Jeff Schechter for ABC Disney about a young woman who is recruited into a secret government agency to be stitched into the minds of the recently deceased using their memories to investigate murders. So kind of like an eye zombie, but with government conspiracy. Yeah, that's a little too complicated. I'm going to guess American. Uh, I think she, No, no. She is Australian. Oh, <laughs> that's why you went with iZombie, but she's not Australian. She's New Zealand. Is the that lady right? from Australia. Oh, from yeah, yeah. yeah. And anyway, Rose. go on. Please continue. Okay. Then we've got Paulino Nunez, who plays Lucas, Lucas Kubrick. He has credits including Republic of Doyle, Crossword Mysteries, the Enchanted Christmas Cake. <laughs> the Enchanted Christmas Hudson Cake? Hudson and Rex. Well, there you go. Haven, Canada. Due South, Murdoch Mysteries. Canadian all He's the way. Canadian. Canadian yeah, all the way. Okay. But. But the little... Enchanted Christmas Cake is something we have to watch. Yeah, I agree. But a little, little twist there. He's actually from Portugal. <laughs> sure. But he probably is Canadian. He's, he's in Canada. Yes. Yeah. Okay, then we've got Raven Dauba, who plays Captain Lisa Rudner. She has credits including Hardy Boys, Star Trek Discovery, Murdoch Mystery, Hudson and Rex, <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Yes. Oh, okay. Mary Kills People, which is or- Orphan Black for Orphan 93 Black, yeah. episodes. What? Yeah, yeah. Did so, they make 93 episodes of I Orphan Black? I cannot believe it, but I, I guess so. That's what this is. five seasons, said. but my goodness. Okay. I, I Maybe I read it wrong, but uh, who knows? that's what I thought. And then we have Brooke Adams, who is married to Tony Shalhoub, mm. an amazing actress. They met on... Heidi Chronicles. Heidi Chronicles. I remember that. She has a ton, a ton, a ton of, of Broadway theater and TV and film. With I mean, she said she had to have had a lot of names. acting and training to mm-hmm, really create mm-hmm. such a rich, in-depth character that can still have all that backstory and still be the same character every time. <laughs> yeah. So American? American. Yeah. New York, New York. Yeah. <laughs> that is Brooke. Then we have this last actor, which, I mean... He's not really part of the game. We're just going to make sure that we mention him. Richard Kind, who is oh, the yeah. funeral director in this episode. He's a very familiar character actor, voice actor. Uh, he's been in a million things, by which I mean 383 credits, including Spin City, Mad About You, and Argo, Inside Bing Out, Bong. and Bugs Life. And he is... <laughs> he's the clown, the horrible clown in Inside Out, and just... <laughs> You're a good man, Richard Kind, but 
man, <laughs> I was just too old for that. Too old for that character. I was not sad when he died at all. Let's move on. Uh, I just wanted to talk really quick about the creator and the director. Andy Breckman is the creator. He started on Late Night with David Letterman, and then he went on to SNL for a couple of years in the late 80s. And then he left, went on to write movies, the movie IQ with Meg Ryan and Sergeant Bilko, Rat Race. And then he went back to SNL. And then he did a bunch of years there, and then he created Monk, then he created Little Monk, and then he created The Good Cop with Tony Danza and Josh Groban, and then he created recently a show, a game show, based on a game that he created. The game is called Shit Happens. The movie, or sorry, the game show he created is with host is hosted by Jamila Jamil. Jamila! Yeah, so excited from Good Place, and it's called The Misery Index. Hmm. Sounds really fun. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds sound, great yeah it does sound interesting people s- share like right. terrible stories and then they kind of compete trying to make him laugh okay yeah great. yeah the director is randy zisk and he's been nominated for an, an emmy for directing monk in 2002 he's directed a number of the episodes he is also a director of so help me todd the Equalizer, Bull, Good Cop, 34 episodes of Bones, six episodes of Scandal. So uh, this guy knows his way around a mystery is what we're saying. He really does. How to Get Away with Murder, Rizzoli and Isles, Mentalist, Desperate Housewives, the list goes on. Yes. All yeah. of these all of these fun stuff. Yeah. And like weird flex on his IMDb <laughs> okay. about page. Yeah. He is, he says, the ex-son-in-law of Cary Grant and Diane Cannon. Which means that he was married to Cary Grant's daughter. <laughs> Cary Grant's daughter. Which you could just say that because it's not like he ever met Cary Grant. Cary Grant died when his daughter was like in her twenties, and so I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. But it, this is I just such nothing. a Hollywood thing. Like yes. you have to point. I'm you, I am somewhat related to someone who was super famous. Yeah, yeah, yes. and, yeah. Exactly, and it's relevant right now because the Archie Show has been right. uh, released on BritBox and supposedly going to have a lot of interesting reveals from Diane Cannon. Okay. All right. So yeah. That sounds great. Let's go. <laughs> I have to say, we're going to start the new year here with uh, hoping to make some suicide, uh, suicidal ideations funny. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's see if we can make some guesses around that. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm thinking positive. There we go. All yeah. right. We'll yeah. be right we'll back. See you soon. It wasn't as dark as I was expecting. What, it wasn't as dark as you were expecting? It was pretty dark. I this was, was a... bleak. I... He's Hoarding pills to kill himself. He nearly yeah. jumps out a window. Okay. Everybody is really concerned about about his thing. Like he's marking down a calendar till the day. Like this is like yeah. this is okay. somebody who's really testing the premise of this show. He was always mentally disturbed. Like he like he like, yes, actually being somebody who was that would have been misery for him and for everyone around him. But it was TV. It was blue sky. It was light. It was cute. It was cozy. And it was done with a little bit of a light touch. They lost. I won't say they lost because there are some things that they they still have, like his little physical bits. Like there's, there's, a, there's a great little sequence with the $20 bill and whether or not he can tip yes. somebody $20. That is still funny, still very classic Monk. But... They really dig down and hit hard the fact that he is 
incredibly depressed and wants to kill himself. I guess like, the thing is, is, is that it is well lit. Like, even though it's supposed <laughs> to be foggy and overcast, this is not actually yeah, San the- Francisco overcast. <sighs> I don't know what country overcast this is. This isn't overcast it at is, all. It, 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 well, it's not sunny. What do you mean? It was totally sunny. It is not sunny. It was not it's sunny. bright, though. Okay. It is very, like, even his bathroom and all of his pills are, like, very well lit. Yes. And everybody's in white and blue and silver. It And there's, yeah, it just makes me feel like, it, it feels like some, like, Gattaca or something. <laughs> it feels very futuristic. And I guess that's 2024 for you. Maybe they were, because <laughs> they were doing this in May of 2024 before, or 2023 before the actor's strike. I don't know. It just, I guess that's what, that's that was their compensation. Even though they're writing like very, very bleak, you know, and really pounding it in. Like he yeah, is going lit to like, go It's meet. lit like comedy. Yes. But it's like. But it's still overcast. It's but it acted is, like yeah. It's it's so bright, except for the scene with his shrink. The scene with his shrink is definitely in shadow. You're right. You're right. But even that, I mean, it's like like the room is in shadow, but they are actually in light because if you are they? yeah, because the I was looking at the upholstery on those chairs that you're they're right. in. You're right. I do remember, I do remember the upholstery very the well lit. This is a great movie, people. We really dug into the upholstery on the chairs. <laughs> it's beautiful. And all the costumes, everybody, like oh I said. Oh my God. Everybody the... is wearing this sky blue color. Not yes. light sky blue, but like Delta Airlines blue circa, I don't know, or is it It's Amazon? jewel tone. It's like, it, it, is it, it's not jewel tone. Is it jewel tone? I don't know. It's not sapphire. Well, it's not cyan. It's kind of a sapphire. No, it is kind of a cyan. Okay. But it has a more of a texture, which I think is them trying to be like, this is San Francisco. Very nice, uh, you know, very fabrics. Very stylish. Even though they're filming in Toronto. Uh, there is a great mm-hmm. scene. In the One of the opening scenes, in fact. Okay. Where he is in the, he's in... He's in his publisher's office and he's fiddling with his chair, trying to get his chair level with the assistant. And he's in front of the editor who is played by Brooke Adams, his actual Tony Shalhoub's actual wife. Uh And okay, in my head, we're going all over the place. And the assistant who is wearing a blue vest. Yes, a blue vest and a blue patterned shirt like he's got some flowers or something on his shirt. So Played by Alexander Nunez. Alexander Nunez, also Canadian. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to... I'll stick with my point and then I'll come back to my headcanon. But my point in all this is, is that even in that, like in, I forgot what my point was. Oh, no. Oh, stylish. Oh. No, even like they once again fall into the trap of book publishing is actually very stylish and very big. (laughs) And like this office of the book publisher's office, these like floor to ceiling windows in a high rise in downtown San Francisco with like dozens of people working in the offices out there and they're all wearing ties and they're all having amazing conversations and they're all bustling around. I'm like, oh man, this is, I don't know what you think publishing is, but people in publishing are not this pretty. Yeah, there are no coffee stains anywhere. No coffee stains anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Nobody has been beaten down by the insane low salaries that people actually make in publishing yeah they're all working in in natural light yes 
<laughs> having but meetings, having and meetings, and just there are so it. many people there. there like there they're so people, staffed. There were more people wearing ties <laughs> in that in that scene than like I can bet you. If you walked down to downtown San Francisco tomorrow, you would. There's no ties. I kept looking at that that uh, streetcar that was running behind monk and mm-hmm. and brooke when they were shooting out you know them with the window behind mm-hmm. and i was like what street is that supposed to be is that supposed to be i think that's like, supposed to be market market yeah i think that's supposed to be market market being yeah, one of the big they, streets that go in through san francisco through but san it francisco keeps repeating and i just i started to feel a little like i'm not sure you're I'm not like sorry, I'm not, like Princess Bride, yeah. <laughs> Joe. I'm, I'm not, not sure you think that is what you think it is. Which we run into a couple of those. I don't think that is what you think it is. Kind of moments a little later on. Well, once speaking of thinking what moments are in my head canon, I have mm-hmm. retconned the scene. So in this oh. scene, his what's his publisher's whatever his publisher's name Beth. is. Beth has tells him that they need the money back, and so he can't pay for his daughter's yes. wedding, which is a deep deep blow to him and it, it shames him a lot and he really wants it but this is another like yeah anyways in my mind the the truly tragic deep tragedy of the scene is that i i hereby abjure my statement earlier that she was his her own private detective oh trying to like and they're like parallel oh, lives right and that she was just ended up finding herself in monk's stories mm-hmm. i do now think that she has been stalking him all these years <gasps> and trying to like get him into her life and she like after <gasps> the season after the series was over he's like he's better he's ready for a relationship i'm going to approach him as this publisher and tell him the story as a way to draw him out and like get a relationship with him and actually have this relationship oh, so it's the long con it's the long con exactly but the long con doesn't pay off because she's just like, I need the money back. Like it to me, it's deeply heartbreaking because she's breaking up with him after having a love affair, like in oh. her mind for twenty years. So yeah, like when your stalker quits. That's, <laughs> when that's like in hacks when she has her start when her stalkers quit her, yes. and she because they're they've like they've gotten older and they've moved on and they like have relationships now and she's like oh well good for you good for you so yes <laughs> monk stalker has has quit him but let, let's let's actually talk about what's actually going on and what we saw in this opening because there's still guesses to make yes here's what you need to know we're not going to give you a whole recap of everything that happened because like this was like 27 minutes of this it's a 97 yes. minute thing this is 27 yeah. minutes we can't we're not going to recap all the 27 minutes this is what you need to know. Mm. Griffin is. He's some kind of on-air re- investigative reporter. People listen to him. People love him, including the main villain's wife, Richard Eden. His wife is uh, flirting with Griffin at one point. Griffin rejects her just like he rejects the evil man's bribe to him. So you know he's a mm. good stand-up one. But the the billionaire, Richard Eden, who's trying to get a rocket to to launch around the world. He's like he's like the worst mashup of like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and every one of those guys. Yeah. Anyways, he tries to bribe Griffin. Griffin says no. Two like two days later or three weeks later, sometime later, Griffin is about to go bungee jumping, which he does every year with his friends. And there's a whole scene, very cute scene between Molly and him where they're like, I love you, I love you, be safe, okay. Measure twice, cut once. Measure twice, cut once because he's really clear about his bungee cord and then he he goes makes his own bungee cord. yeah he cuts his own (laughs) makes his own rig and then he goes and jumps off a bridge and dies because apparently his bungee cord was too long he must have must have mismeasured it and they're like oh no he never would have done that so that is how molly knows that something is wrong and monk is about to get pulled into this 
couple things to know about this. Natalie, a very successful realtor. She sold 57 houses last year. Right. Disher has a new... Did they say... For 27? 27, I think. Oh, a lot. A lot of houses. Yeah. In any event, Disher has a new son that he's showing pictures about. And yeah. Oh, and another clue that is going to be important at some point is that Molly and Griffin have matching tattoos on their fingers as opposed to like engagement rings. There's Mm -hmm. these like little loopy things on there. Okay. That's basically all you really need to know at this point. The gangs are back together. Monks, suicidal. Boyfriend dead. (laughs) Go. Who do you think did it? They really want us to think that... Yes. Oh my gosh. Because interspersed with him, with Griffin jumping off of that bridge, which if anything, that's in Sacramento or like Folsom. Yeah, like American River. Nowhere. It's Toronto. So (laughs) when he's jumping off of that bridge, intercut with his like walk down the Yeah, they really they really do match shot Richard Richard walking through his warehouse and like from behind like and same with Griffin walking on the bridge. And he's you see the back of his head. Well you see both of their backs Mm -hmm. of their heads. Right. Okay, you're right, right. So you see but when you see Richard's the back Rich, whatever, the back of his head Rich Eden, Eden (laughs) whose rocket ship is named Genesis. Genesis. He has sunglasses on, but they're glinting. But they're he doesn't have them on his eyes. He has them just on that forehead. Yeah, like pushed up like on the top of his head. Guy, like yeah. just a little bit on their forehead, so you can't. So they're they're not really on the top of your head. They're oh. just sort of like at the top of your forehead. Uh-huh. And so they're glinting at the corners, and the light is hitting them so that they look like devil's ears. Oh, horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil's horns, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, they definitely want. Oh, and then he turns to camera after Griffin hits the ground and everybody gasps on the bridge. Screams. Screams, yeah. And he has a smirk. Yes. Like an evil smirk. So, yes, they really, really want you to think that he did it. And this is like. Monk has done this before. We talked about this on the last podcast where there was like a, there was this whole chess master thing. But like that was the point is that this was set up and that one it was set up as can Monk match up with his yeah, chess how master. Done it. So how done it as, or how is Monk going to figure it out? So I just yeah. I just can't believe that they would do that for this episode. Like how is Monk going to so figure this out? obvious. Like we have 97 minutes. Yeah. Well, not now only yeah, 60. 60 minutes. But, but still. Still. Like, yeah. So yeah, I don't think I don't think it can be. This guy, I think I we, agree. I think we're meant to believe that it's this guy, yes. but I don't, I don't think it can be this guy. So yeah. I do still think, <laughs> oh, oh, gentle listener, when we come back after the break and we find out that it was this guy, we are going to have such <laughs> egg on our faces. <laughs> but we're gonna pretend, we're gonna pretend that it's not this guy and make some guesses. Yeah. So who you got heard? So I am saying that the rich guy, rich, mm-hmm. Eden, yes, Skyler. Is his wife. Oh, okay. Skylar. Sky. Uh, yes. I think she did it. Oh, the and, wife. And yeah. The wife who was flirting with Griffin. Yes. She framed Rich in the murder of the partner. So Griffin confronted Rich with the story that was that we saw in flashbacks filmed in a in somebody's pool. Somebody's pool. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, director. We know you do good work, <laughs> but that clearly was filmed in somebody's pool. Yeah. And so he has pictures of it and he and he knows that everybody on the boat was paid off in Barbados. So I think that actually yeah, he's, in, he's he's investigating Rich to like somehow find him culpable in this in this death and change his it to business murder. His business partner. partner. Yeah, right, yeah, changing it to murder. And I think that actually Skyler set up Eaton Eden to look like he killed his partner 
and I think the partner is not actually even dead. Everybody was what? paid off. No. Yes. And the partner is alive and well, and she is na- but that didn't stick. No. It didn't no. stick that the partner was killed. And so it now didn't the partner stick that the partner was killed? Yeah, the, 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 the he accusation. didn't never the, the accusation. accusation okay, didn't right, right, stick. right, 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 right. <laughs> and so now the partner and Eden no, the partner Skylar. and Skylar are going to go after Griffin to frame Eden and make it look like Eden found out about this other murder that he was supposed to have been framed for, and it never stuck. So it's a double frame. So now they're trying to like really get him on American soil and be like, "You really killed killed somebody," but it's actually the two of them because she was there in the very beginning. This is like the loot story all over again. The show loot. uh, Oh right, yeah. Apple. Oh yeah, yeah. The beginning. I'm sorry. The beginning of. Richards, when he started to build the company. Yes, similar to Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. had a wife who like was there at the beginning of the business, did all the things, now is very, very rich, and so dumps her for some other lady. Right. And so she is... But she's flipping the script on this. Yes. She wants, she's, she wants to get rid of Rich Eden. The wife yes. wants to get rid of Rich Eden to get all the money. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that she had that what was that quote about the humanity is that she's actually well, killing him for humanity because he's a waste. Of, she thinks he's a waste of space. Oh my goodness. Okay, that is also dark. Well done on that. Like, but she, I, okay, I'm with you up to a certain point. I can see that maybe she's doing it, but I, <laughs> the partner is still alive. I don't. I I'm gonna. I think he is. Okay. Okay. You're really making it some baroqueness there. Yeah, because I think what is going to happen. Well, probably it's going to have to happen either way as Monk is going to have to investigate the other murder as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. He's going to have to find out information about that murder as well in order to – that makes makes a ton of sense. I can absolutely see that. For sure, he's going to have to find out some facts about that Barbados murder to like pin it on whoever it is. Or maybe not because my – so you mentioned that like – so there's a quote – so Griffin is talking to Skyler as Rich is doing some like rocket, te- literal rocket testing. And uh, Griffin's asking her, he's like, why does Richard want to become the first civilian to orbit the Earth? Mm-hmm. And he's t- and Skyler says, for the good of all humanity. And uh, she says it in a tone. And Griffin's like, OK, really, why? And she's like, because he's 10 years old at heart. Mm-hmm. But there's that phrase for the good of all humanity and that's clearly like why he's doing it like the the mission of all of this this is my thing all of those like you mentioned that there were just a ton a ton of extras in this room where they're doing this rocket mission test mission control mission control so many extras they have a lot of extras in this like first at yes. the first at the publishing house and now yes. at this like rockets mission control thing anyways all the Canadians in Toronto all the Canadians work. this is Hudson and Rex and now Monk's last case. So I mean and nobody's had any chance to work and they probably knew the actor strike was coming up and so they were like bank those, get bank everybody the, bank that, yeah sure 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 <laughs> make sure everybody gets their health care this year. Yes. Well, it's Canada. They've already got health care. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Sorry 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 to put our American capitalist ideas on you Canada. <laughs> in any event she says, for the good of all humanity, and the engineers, the other engineers and the other testers at this rocket thing really take it seriously. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, please don't, like, they're like, he's like, push it to 9,000. They're like, it can't do it. He's like, push it. No. Anyways, <laughs> so I think that one of the engineers is a true believer in, I, in, in the rocket, oh, in the uh-huh. rocket ship, and the fact that this is 
for the good of all humanity. Mm. And I think that they see Griffin, Griffin's persecution of Eden. Richard Eden. Uh-huh. Yes, they see Griffin's persecution of Richard Eden as a crime against all of future humanity. Oh. So they're like, we have to stop him so that we can continue to do this. So they're the ones... So one of those engineers mm. is the ones who goes out and kills him so that the rocket continue forward and that like humanity's like leap into the stars can oh. still happen. That's what okay. I think. Or for that matter, that like the wife somehow has like seduced one of the engineers to do it too. But I th- I no, I don't think so. I think it's just an engineer. I think an engineer is behind it all. Wow. Okay. Let's be honest. An engineer is behind everything. It, it's true. They're the ones who know how. They're the ones who know how to do everything. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want something done, get an engineer. Now they might not be stealthy about it, and they'll be very boring and precise about it. But he's precise. <laughs> Griffin is precise about his like measuring. So, mm-hmm. yep. I don't know. There you go. That's that's what I think. Are you? Right. Are you re, you're really sticking you're with the fact. That you're really sticking with the fact that this partner from Barbados is still. A, where where is he? Like where is his partner? Is he like just sipping mai tais in Barbados? Like yeah. waiting for Skylar to come join him again? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, maybe he's on another island. Different what, wherever yeah. they film Death in Paradise. <laughs> oh, that it's, is Barbados. Is okay, it? never I mind. Never... I take it back. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go find out how spectacularly wrong we are, and we'll be right back. See you soon. So, Heard, Heard, I am struggling right now with a couple things. The first of which is the fact that, let's just tell everybody, we got it wrong. Yeah, we both did. We, we both got it wrong. We got it very, very wrong. But, mm-hmm. uh, of course, it was it was Richard Eden. It was like, like right from the start, yeah. he was the evil guy. Like, we sh- like we talked about this. It was literally just a how done it as opposed yeah. to a who done it. And we all knew from the start it was Richard Eden. It was. It was Richard Eden. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's that, which is a little vexing. But whatever, sure, fine. We could have guessed. We could have guessed Richard Eden. We could have just said it would have been a very like, whatever. In any event, yes, Richard Eden did it. He even like admitted to it in this, like, like they early whatever. on, early, early on. But they still didn't know how to prove it. They didn't so know how to was prove it. Still, yeah. it was like a how done it all the way to the end. All the way to the end. As we're watching it, halfway through, he hasn't even admitted to doing anything wrong. Jessica turns to me and she says, "Oh." This is just like the little person riddle. And I was like, what? What? Like out of nowhere, this is the little person riddle. There there are no little people in this episode, (laughs) gentle listener. So uh, we had to pause and she had explained to me what she meant. Yeah. And as I decided to look this up, because I was like, this is a thing. It's actually an O. Henry award winning story or comes from Uh a story called Coroner's Inquest. A Tale of Rivalry, first published in Collier's Weekly in February uh, 1930 by Mark Connolly. And, okay, so here's the the, the the setup. setup. Tell us the setup. A little person performer at a circus is blind, and he is found dead Mm -hmm. in his room. Some wood shavings are in the corner. Why is he dead? What happened? And Please, I it's, it's, this is what it is. I had no idea. Yeah. So the solution to the riddle is that he was the smallest little person, and there was another little person who was in the circus, and he was jealous, and so he the 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 dead little person actually committed suicide, or sorry, we don't say committed anymore, died by suicide. Because 
he thought he was getting taller because the jealous little person performer was shaving the bottom of his cane off just a little bit every single week. And so he thought he was getting taller and that he didn't have anything to do other than work in the circus. And so he died. So he, he, he killed took, so he thought took he was, his own life. So the measurements were wrong is basically what it comes yes. down to. The measurements were wrong. So he com- so he he was a victim of suicide because of despair, because he had nothing else to do. So yes. that's exactly what happened exactly in quotes on this one. But that was the that was the thing about this. The the locked the locked room portion of this was that yes. nobody other than Griffin touched his rope, his bungee rope. He prepared it. He cut it. He measured it all the time. So how did it get to be six feet long, Six extra six feet long? Well, it was because they didn't mess with the rope. They messed with the tape measure. So yeah. as he was measuring it out, he measured it incorrectly and it was too long. So that was what they had to figure out. So yes, so Jessica figured this out like halfway through the show. Monk figures it out when he goes. So Monk, again, very suicidal. He goes to visit a mortuary to make sure that everything's in a row for him, and he has to pick out his casket. So as he's picking out his casket, this is this is one of the most brilliant parts of this show, as far as I'm concerned. Richard Kind played identical twin uh, so morticians. Oh it my was, god. He was so good. Like he, like each of them, they were identical tunes, but he held the face different in each person. Yes. Like, and they each had like, they were both morticians and had that weird mortician energy, but they both had different personalities. Anyways, Monk looks at them and says, oh, well, one of your heads is a quarter inch smaller. And they, they lose their mind. They're like, oh my gosh, <gasps> this is why dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And as they're like tape measuring their heads, that's when Monk realizes that somebody changed the tape measure. So then he realizes how it happened. So this is my problem, Jessica, with my New Year's resolution to avoid a lot of paperwork. <laughs> Theoretically, I mean, you weren't on on recording saying that this was it, but you did guess it before they did. So I'm sorry. I just I'm not going to fill out the extra paperwork. You're not going to get this win. Oh, fine. <laughs> fine. There you go. But... It was in the middle anyway. And right. it was it's interesting that it is thematic for suicide, although I mean, again, so dark. So dark. Yeah. And in the end they do after the credits, they do or maybe even before the credits, they have a screen that says, you know, if you're feeling yeah. please go. call the national suicide, suicide hotline. hotline. Like this is like this is how deep this show went into yeah. it. Like they were like they recognize this is going to be rough for some people. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Comedy. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. So Richard Kind was hilarious. That's something I just want to say. Yeah, he was great. He was great. But I want to go back to the ending here because the ending. So at the ending, he like he's about like Trudy convinces him not at the very end. Trudy convinces him not to take his life by showing him first Griffin who thanks him for like getting justice for him. And then the 140 other people who Oh, ghosts is what you're ghosts. saying. I was yes. like Griffin's dead. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. right. He, he comes back he as comes a ghost. He comes back as a ghost. So, so all of a sudden there are yes. like 140 ghosts surrounding Monk all in this park. All the cases all, plus one. Plus one who he hasn't solved who's waiting for him in the cold case because the police want him back. The San Francisco Police yeah. Department wants him back. But he's suddenly surrounded by all these people dressed in flowing white pants and shirts. Like it just becomes a pharmacy commercial at that point. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> or the end of 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, yeah, that too. But, but yes, if, if you have dry mouth, if you have dry mouth, are allergic to this medication, or suddenly experience the runs, don't take this medication. 
on and I was on the other side of the couch going, when the moon is in the seventh house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was but it was a lovely ending. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't a backdoor pilot for Mo- his daughter Molly to get a show. It was nope. a backdoor pilot for him. Yes. They laid a lot of pipe about the captain of the new captain of the San Francisco Homicide Division would love to have him back. There's all these cases waiting for him if he comes yeah, back. Yeah, 22. So, even though this is more than 22, I think. Or did they say 22? They said 22. That's hilarious because that's, that's a standard episode order for a full season of TV. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Of course. Yeah. But so, yes, no, this was a backdoor pilot for Monk to come back is what this was. So, I mean, I hope they, I hope he does. I hope they do. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Did you want to say anything about the out of proportion or some of the other measuring jokes that you enjoyed? One of my favorite scenes, not because of how long this went on, but because of the reactions to everybody went on. There's another scene where he's Monk goes undercover to be a bartender. Oh, my gosh. And he cannot make a drink to save his life because he can't, like, chop things evenly or shake things the he correct number of times. He can't get the umbrella to open up just right. can't get the umbrella to open just right. So, yeah. So, but, like, there is this whole crowd of people. He doesn't think any of the onions smell right or the or, olives. And, yeah, so he throws like, them all out. sorts them out correctly. Yes. <laughs> But the extras, the extras they hire to just stand there and look exasperated around yes. him at the bar, they are doing the Lord's work. Yeah. It was <laughs> nice. really great. The range of expressions. Yes, they were. And then the ADR that was like just just right on. Like yeah. not like, come on, man. It was like an express. Like, like they knew they were getting free drinks and they didn't really have any like <laughs> reason to complain. But they still wanted to complain. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But I like – but – so, yes, what I like is how out of proportion he reacts to certain things. Like, there's one moment where he finds the vows to uh, the wedding for Molly and Griffin in yeah. Griffin's suit pocket. And he reads out the vows and Molly just loses it and just weeps and cries and comes up and hugs Monk and, like, puts her head on his shoulder while crying and tears and snot are coming out of her face. And he holds her and he says, it's all right. It's all right. I have another jacket. So, like... <laughs> It's completely inappropriate, not a proportion to what's going on. That's that's the sly little humor that I really like about this oh, show. Oh, his delivery is so He's phenomenal, so good. too. Tony Shalhoub is amazing. <laughs> He's so great. I also enjoyed the prop joke. Um, oh, yeah, there's they, definitely some prop jokes in here. Yeah. When they go to the coroner's inquest and he has brought – I mean, it looks like it's – the like those hand uh, sanitizer things that you dispensers yeah, that but you it's put on in. a stick you know yeah. it's he's got it on a rolling stick and he takes it with him to the lobby of the inquest and yeah. he won't let anybody else use it he brought it just for him just for him it's his. yeah it's a great it's a great little bit so <laughs> there are there are like there are moments of levity throughout this all even though they have huge paintings of the death of socrates and he wonders how hemlock, ta- hemlock yeah. tastes yeah oh my gosh but I will say, okay, I will say, though, that that does lead me to one of my, like, it's time for the return of Logic Cop is what whoop this comes out. There we go. <laughs> because, so, Richard Eden, of course, I mean, let's be honest. He's the bad guy. We knew he was the bad guy. He admits yeah. to being the bad guy. So what is the most dramatic, like, Chekhov's gun thing that we can do in this whole thing is that, of course, he's going to go up into a rocket. He's go- so, of course, the climax of the show has to be Monk preventing him from actually going into orbit. So two things happen here where I'm just like, really? Okay, you get a pass, but come on, you're killing my nerd brain. <laughs> Which So they're at four minutes. They're at four minutes to countdown, 
and Richard Eden still isn't in the rocket yet. Yeah. He's like he's like walking the red carpet to get to the rocket with four minutes left on the countdown. Yeah. No. And then at the very end, like just as the just as the rocket is about to take off, Monk is outside on the scaffolding, like cleaning the window. Squeegeeing. Well, the squeegeeing, like the squeegeeing, I totally understand. Like that's a joke. That is something that Monk would do. But the fact that he was anywhere near there is just, I know, I know it's TV. I gotta let it go. But my little comic logic cop brain was just like, no, oh my god, <laughs> like he would be strapped in already. Da, 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 da. Anyways. It's also super dangerous to be standing on the scaffold. Like, no human being should be standing on the scaffold because if he took off, you would be hit by – you would just be fried. Yes, Jessica. That is exactly correct. That is exactly correct. I mean, you could also – you could rationalize it by the fact that, like, he'd – the cops were already there and they had, like, powered down. They weren't going to actually do it. But still, Mm -hmm, they're going to send him up there. They're not just going to, like – whatever. Whatever. It was a very good climax. I appreciated it. And I – it was – of course, that's what's going to happen. I mean, you really need that, like – Yes, it's like that's a great bit. going across with the squeegee yes, noise is what you, I'm doing there. Yes, you can't pass that bit up. You you I, you totally deserve that bit. I will just say that it was like okay, I'll give it to you, but nerd alert. <laughs> it was a very fun show. Thank you very much for recommending it, Michael. Well, there you go. We're back with a new season and our old ways of absolutely losing, but hopefully. Hopefully we'll get closer. And like I said, I, you know, honestly, this is a good thing because you, you win, you have to fill out the winning paperwork. And I, like I said, I don't want to have to fill out paperwork. <sighs> Fine, Jacob. <laughs> I, I support you. I, I don't believe in paperwork. It's just needless bureaucracy. Right. And, you know, they're way up there in a mountain. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with the paperwork, right? It's, it's just not worth it. Are so, they coming for us? You know what? I don't uh, think so. Exactly. So we're just going to go for the wins and uh, not fill out paperwork. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm taking it. Let's do it. Let's practice up, and uh, we'll see you next well, time. Well, I'm not taking it. No, yeah, no, Neither don't take of us the win. You don't get the win. It. Yeah, no, we're not uh, getting the win. I mean, we'll, when we when we earn the win, we'll take the win. Yes, we, we didn't earn the win this week. That's just yeah. that's all. It's mm-hmm. no moral victories here. Yes, I mean, except for Monk and like helping all of these people get justice. That yeah. was a moral victory. And yeah. So yeah, so we'll Absolutely. take that, and we'll uh, we'll ride off till next time. <laughs> all see right. See you soon. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out. And maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Clue Dunnett private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunnettpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Clue Dunnett private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon. Because watching watching TV TV is always always better better with with friends. Okay. Well, first I started off with a really bad riddle. Because I said it's like those, like those, you know, what's... Black and white and green all over. And you were like, 
what indeed what indeed that's a good question (laughs) oh i mean black and white and red all over (laughs) newspaper i was like no by the way the answer to that is a penguin being eaten by a polar bear but please go on (laughs) it's not 